I'm Aaron Goldschmidt. I'm Francesco Sedita. And we're Queens of the Roundtable. Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to episode two of our microcasts. Is that a real word? Yes. Oh. Microcast. Or are we like, are we trademarking that? No, we can't. Okay. It's been used. Okay. Microcast. Um, Today, we're going to talk about New York City and our memories of it. I just want to say I was microcast in a lot of things in my acting career. <laughs> like tree number 17 in the background. Right. Like munchkin number right. 22 in The Wizard of Oz. Right. When know? I was like pirate number seven yeah. in kindergarten, just because yeah. they had to give everybody a part. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I said? Yo ho, yo ho. That's a microcast. But I said it with the chorus. Oh. It wasn't like I didn't have a role. You didn't even have a solo. I didn't have a solo. I didn't have a solo yo-ho. Oh. Hi. Hi. So, um, how are you? You know, I think these days, the most important thing to say is I'm alive. Damn it. I'm alive, damn it. I'm healthy. I am about to go on vacation. Fingers yeah. crossed. Yes. Um, it's a vacation I really need and I'm looking forward to. Uh, and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling optimistically cautious right now in the world. But not cautiously optimistic. <laughs> um, I'm optimistically cautious, mm-hmm. actually. <laughs> you know, like I'm just I, I'm being very cautious, but with a little optimism in my heart. I hear that. I hear it. How are you? I guess I'm the same. Yeah. I think I'm. Cautiously optimistic. Did you have a nice birthday? I had a great birthday. Good. I was fetid. 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 I ate some feta. It I'm was sure wonderful. you did. I'm sure you it did. It was wonderful. Um, all right. So if we're getting into our first segment, I want to hear I, it. I gotta can't have nothing nice. I really do. Bring it. You know, can't have nothing nice. I booked myself a vacation. I have been dying to go away to, to Southeast Asia, to dive, to have a, an adventurous vacation for a couple of years now. To dive, not die. Well, things are turning quickly. They are. Turning. And I just want to say, can't have nothing nice. Can't just have a vacation. Got to share the attention of my vacation with coronavirus. <laughs> not <laughs> only do. might I not be able to leave the country... I also, this past week, had to have an emergency dental procedure. Oh, honey. $1,800. Oh, girl. That's what you get when you go to a very high-end dentist and you don't have fucking dental insurance. And Okay, I don't know if that's what you get, but... Well, it was, I mean, for what my procedure, it was definitely more than it probably would have been at, like, you know, just a regular old dentist. Yeah. It it would be, but regardless. I have an aging mouth. We all do. I don't, I'm not going to get into what happened, but it was a very like weird, random thing that happened in my mouth and it's all fixed. <laughs> okay. There's been a lot of weird, random things that have happened in my mouth. This one is all fixed, but you know, it was like, bam, you owe this money. And then I just found out that I owe personally, yes. for the, even though I'm hoping there, you know, there's debate that they're going to extend like tax day and i'm hoping they do because i found out i owe close to 10 grand 
to the government. Oh, baby. I know. So it's like all of this hits the week before vacation. It's like, can I just go away feeling free and easy? Nope. I'm shackled down to debt, to the government, and to my teeth. I mean, that's the thing. We're all shackled. Mm -hmm. And we just have to look for the bright side. Well, I'm here with you. Can I tell you my bright side? Yeah. Here's my side. I need I need a, I need something to live for. I really do. But you have it too. I think a lot of our listeners have it. Three little words. This is us. Mm. I mean, what are we in here? Season 4? Yeah, and I just want to tell I just want to tell our listeners one thing. When that show first came on, I I am someone who has never really watched primetime major network like that's not true no 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 shows like this like brother you watched er girl brother er is different it's like a medical serial that's like new amsterdam yeah, okay. this is us is like 30 something brothers and sisters yeah, I all that right i never did oh. and when when this is us first came out you were like you're gonna watch it right you gotta watch it and no, i was like i'm gonna actually challenge you oh. i think that you said to me oh. that you watched the first episode because i have a quote Oh, and you said like it's it's like primetime garbage, and then they pull at all the right heartstrings. I definitely and said then that. You're crying at the end, but I and think I think I watched that oh. episode. See, I thought one. I watched it because I don't think so. I did say that after you told me to watch it. I don't it. think so. All right, well, this will be a debate that we will never figure but out. Regardless, here now we, are, we both watch it. Nine hundred episodes totally. later, and the thousand tears shed. The big three. Oh, the big three. I love them all. One is bigger than the others, but they are the big. I three. love them all. That's her struggle. I love. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But listen, what is happening in this season has been so powerful and wonderful. And I feel like with the rise of Randall and Beth, yeah, my heart has risen even higher in love for this is us. Yeah. You know, you and I have both really loved Randall and Beth as characters for a long time. But, um, you know, what's so interesting this season that's happening is this dynamic between Randall and Kevin oh. and, and sort of like Kevin really sort of stepping up to like, not just being this hot kind of doofus, but like right. having a certain amount of understanding about right. life and the world and struggle. Yes. And I mean, oh my God. It's, it's just wonderful. It's wonderful. Listen, I, I have a lot I want to say about that show, and I think that we can dedicate a full episode to it because I do want to talk about certain things that I, I thought were going to happen, you know, when the show first came out. And I think after season one or two, Chrissy Metz, her character was going to take this huge arc and, like, lose all this weight. And then it hasn't really happened. And then what's been going on with Toby? And, like, all of it is just so crazy and intense. And it's wonderful. And I feel <laughs> extremely invested and committed to them. Me too. And what we're seeing with Rebecca. Did you watch um, the CBS Sunday morning interview with Mandy Moore no. a couple weeks ago? But. Oh, you should. But you know what I did watch? This is us. Ellen <laughs> with Mandy Moore. Oh. And I got to say. Oh. Mandy got up and sang oh. from her new album. Oh, she has a new She's album. a little rusty. Well, right, because she's been focusing. You should I watch know. CBS Sunday she's morning. Rebecca. Um, she left the pop world. You know, they wanted to make her a Britney Spears, oh, and yeah. it never happened. She no. left it to become an actress, and that's what she's been and here doing. She is. But she does have a great voice. She has a song um, uh, from one of her last albums called, like, um, 
Amanda Lynn or whatever like her full name full name is, but it's like it sounds like a Linda Ronstant song, and it's I could break your heart. Ronstant. Linda Ronstadt. Yeah, sorry. Stant. I could break your heart any day of the week. It's a Mandy Moore song. Okay. And when it I'll came it out, up. you were still with your ex, Sean. And oh. he sent the song. I'm oh. just like, this is so reminiscent of Linda Ronstadt. Not Stant. It's not Stant. It's Stats. DT. <sighs> right? I think she okay. just needs to play a few concert Gigs. halls. She needs to be yeah. some open mic yeah. nights. But one of the things that happened a couple of weeks ago on This Is Us, they had a break and they came back, was the like New York, New York episode. Oh my God. Where we see the family in New York City over, over all times. these generations and years. It and, meant something so much to me, by the way, because my dad died while I was at NYU. And I remember the first trip that my mom came to New York, like on her own, the way that Rebecca right. did yes. and like oh, it Rebecca. all it all just like pulled that those New York stories of like over the years her as a girl her as a and also like walking through Central Park with that new guy for a moment until she freaks out and turns well around. until he kind of like did yeah, her life jerk. yeah he well, was a jerk he wasn't he, he was, was a New Yorker listen right because I would have said the same thing I know. right like who comes to New York it takes a fucking horse and carriage ride Why, he didn't say the f word okay well I did but, you know, I, I also have that feeling, but she was kind of like, oh, my God, this is my ex-husband. And he was trying to be right. like my dad. Right. And you can't say that. This is ruining the moment. Yes. So this leads to why we wanted to talk about New York memories. Oh, I guess it does. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. So, you know, we have a very different um, experience because you were born actually here in the city. Baby, I was born this way. Lived here for a very short period of time like before six months making that <laughs> mecca to the great state, the garden state of New Jersey. Yes. Um, you know, and I had fantasized about coming to New York my whole life and then and then did a couple times as a child, and we'll talk about that. Um so I want to know from you, like, what is your similar to the show? I guess if we're following Rebecca's trajectory, yeah, I think the, yeah, at the yeah. beginning of that episode, it was like the kids being in New York. I mean, it was really all about Rebecca being in New York, but yeah, yeah, that sort sure. of first New York memory. So when Jack was like, "What do you want to do in New York?" and yeah. it's like, "Go to a fancy hotel, do it." Kevin yeah, McAllister so did, and, I loved it. but so having grown up coming to the city often for family events, for all kinds yeah. of things. What is one of your best early childhood memories of the city? Yeah, I mean, so, right, so I was born here and then we moved to Jersey, but the rest of the family stayed here and they were all very close, my mom and dad's side. And so we would come in for like dinners and all that kind of stuff and I was super little, so it didn't register or really matter. I just remember driving, you know, being in the backseat of the car. But I think the first time I realized like, oh, this is New York City, oh, this is a place to see things that I can't see, was always probably like most Dick. of this is through the lens of my Aunt Nikki because she took me to the Met and to the Guggenheim. And, and later just, Wigstock. And, and Wigstock right. Before I, right before I came out. Like she was always the sort of lens that I saw yeah. the real kind of um, cultural New York through. And then I had my cousins, Mark and Stephen and Christina, who showed me like bars and clubs when I got a little bit older. Right. But in my childhood, I starting in like fifth grade, I came almost every weekend if I could. And I did museums and things like that. Once I got a little bit older, then it was like drinking screwdrivers at terrible bars in Brooklyn with like cousins and Anne-Marie. That's like, those are my first like sort like of major memories. Major memories, yeah. You know, for me, I am um, in elementary school. I did a report on New York City. Um, 
Uh, I still have it actually at, at my apartment, it would, which would be a fabulous thing to like, take a picture Let's of. Let's just do a whole podcast where you just read it. Um, but I, I always had this fascination for New York. And then in the summer of 1986, um, it was a couple of years. Wait, I'm thinking we moved. No, it was right before we moved to Florida, like literally a couple of months before we moved to Florida. My father had to come because we were living in Rochester to New York City for like a pharmaceutical licensing convention. Glamorous. And he had a study for weeks like, you know, he had a retest and he was going to seminars, all of this stuff. And we came to New York and I, I don't want, I don't remember the exact date, but we could figure it out because it was the actual day that Hands Across America oh my God. was happening in New York City. Wait, I'm going to Google. And we went, I, I want to say it was May of 86. I was going to say 86. It is. I know it's 86, but I mean, it was like May, like May, the end of May. We went to the South Street Seaport. May 25th, 1986. Okay, there we go. Like Memorial Day weekend. Yep. We went to the South Street Seaport. And I remember being in a taxi and seeing all these people like down on by the South Street Seaport, yeah. like holding hands, yeah. doing the hands across America. It was such a weird time to have my first like real experience in but New York. But you weren't part of hands, were you? No, like no, my, like my family would have done that. Yeah, my family is like- Now with the coronavirus, germs, you yeah. can't touch people. Yeah, no. Um, we would have to be fist bump across America. <laughs> um, Elbow rub across America. So, you know, my first memory was this, this like three day weekend trip coming to New York in 1986. So, you know, I was uh, 11, 12. Um, and I was so enamored by the city. It was everything I thought it was going to be when I wrote that report. I remember being in Times Square and this is like, this is the 80s, mid eighties. It was Times Square was sketchy. Yeah. And I remember my mother like gripping my brothers yeah. and my hands and like pulling us through 42nd street because we were not with my father a lot. Not right. like my father was like a, a Jack, but like, you know, my dad was like off doing his thing. So it was like my mom and the two boys a Jack in New York this city. Is us. Right. We're just being great. Right. Yeah. And, um, trying to like, you know, manage the whole weekend. Like my dad was doing his thing. And I remember going to the Natural History Museum that weekend and right. just thinking, cause you know, when you come from other places in the country and you come to that museum, it's like, wow. Yeah, no and, matter where you come and, from. Yeah, totally. And then the Hands Across America and the Times Square shit. It was so sketchy. You know, when we would drive home from, so my grandparents, my mother's grandparents lived um, on Mott Street and my dad's mom lived on 34th Street on the east side. When we would drive home, my dad would often take uh, the Holland Tunnel and he would go through the meatpacking district, oh, which was really the meatpacking really, district. Totally. And I remember when we would get there, my mother would like click the door, the, the, right. the door lock. Totally. And like, we didn't really get it except for the fact that I, I had seen Desperately Seeking Susan mm. and knew that totally. totally. So I was like, oh, things are bad here at night. So I guess that leads to like, do you have like a worst memory or like a scariest memory? No, in New York? you know, it's just funny that you said that because I just want to say that when I came to audition for NYU, um, in let's say it was uh, fall of 91, I, my friend Melissa Holt was already living here. You know where she was living? On 10th Avenue and 44th Street. Oof, okay. In the 90s. 
Right. So she invited my mom and me to dinner at her little apartment with her then boyfriend, who then is now her husband, Gary, and had this little weird dinner for us in her little shitty apartment in Hell's Kitchen because she was, you know, 18. And this neighborhood that we're in right now was so sketchy and scary. But that weekend that we came for my audition to NYU, we were staying near Times Square. And I remember leaving my mom and walking into Times Square and getting a fake ID. Cause that's when in Times Square, there were places that would make you fake IDs. I got a fake ID. And, um, and then we, you know, we went to audition for NYU and we were down in the NYU area a lot. And I remember going to all of those old vintage boutiques that were like lined up along lower Broadway. And we were talking about this earlier, but like antique boutique, unique boutique and canal jeans, jeans. those three places. Like, so that's does not answer your question about a worst memory. Um, but like, I, I've never been scared living in New York. I lived on Avenue C in like the worst times yeah. of Avenue C. Yeah. New York City has never scared me. It scares me when it becomes so clean and so like mall, yeah. you yeah. know? Um, because we also, we together lived through like the Giuliani, Giuliani thing of yeah. like, no dancing in bars right. and like that kind of weird clean Well, we also felt... lived through 9-11 here. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're really asking like, what's the worst New York City memory? It was like that day, yeah. you know, and just, and being here, not just that day, but in the few days following yeah. when it was like martial law and there were tanks going, I was still living, I was living in this apartment that I'm still in, in this neighborhood. But, you know, tanks going up and down 42nd Street and armed guards on the roof of my building, you know. Were that, you ever mugged? No, no, I was once. Well, I, I've been jumped, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I've been hit by a car. I was, I was pickpocketed like three weeks at NYU, which was terrible. It was fine, whatever. They got, they, they got like $4 and a watch, but it was terrifying. Well, I once bought like oregano yeah, thinking oh, yeah. it was weed oh, in I Washington Square Park. That. <laughs> that wasn't, that was kind of like a mugging. Um, you know, I just, I want to say, because this is definitely a microcast, I, yeah. I think that this topic we could expand upon. But let's talk about one quick thing. What? Like, what's your best memory? Do you have like a, like a favorite moment, a favorite street, a favorite something? You know, to be really honest, I have more than one. Uh, there, there are a couple things that stand out to me as being so quintessential New York in, in my blessed experience of being here for almost 30 years. I will say in full honesty with our listeners, one of my favorite memories to this day is back when we had first met, let's say this is, you know, 95, four or five, Uh I tripped on acid I want to say, okay. and went to the Plaza Hotel, because that was always a stop for us when we would go into Central Park yeah. to trip. And I, I I, kind of remember being with our friend Dorothy, but it doesn't really seem like her to have tripped with me. So I don't know if it was her, but I also may have just been stoned and not tripping. But, <laughs> okay. th- these, were, but these were the days where there was no security. So we went into the Plaza Hotel because we used to go there to pee and all these things wearing like extra large overall shorts and like, and like pacifiers because we were tripping. But this wasn't that day. I was kind of in regular clothes and we took an elevator up to like the top floor in the plaza and the maid carts were out. And I took 
bath towels, hand towels, washcloths. I like that stealing is your favorite memory. I took a set of Plaza Hotel linens, like towels and yeah, washcloths, yeah. brought them to my, you know, shitty apartment in, on Avenue C, which wasn't so shitty, and just felt, felt like... looks. Just, but felt like the coolest New Yorker. Like, I kind of sneaked into the plaza yeah. and, like, took some towels and... It just, it felt so cool to like have that weird experience and to have yeah. those plaza towels, you know? I mean, I, I agree. It's hard to say like there's one, but what sticks out for me, because there's a lot here, but when I moved to NYU it was 1992, mm. right? Yeah. I and both. I moved to the dorm on 5th and 10th, 5th Avenue and 10th Street. And of course, my parents and my sister took me and then my aunt Nikki and probably my cousin Stephen and maybe my cousin Mark met us there at the dorm. And I just remember that whole day of just sort of like feeling like, you know, of course, you're moving to college and it's so confusing and weird. But also like I had all my family around me knowing that, A, my parents were only, only in New Jersey, but also that this family was here in the city. And it was like this crazy thing where it's time to, for everybody to go. And like my dad handed me like a wad of money mm. and I was crying, saying goodbye to my parents and Aunt Nikki and like Mark and Steven were there being like, let's go out to dinner. Like it was this weird sort of passing that's of the baton. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. Of like New York family. I, I just, you'll appreciate this. My passing of the baton was my dad left crying, leaving me at Hayden Hall. Right. I lived on Washington Square Park. Right. I, my dad left. I had like 20 minutes in my dorm and I went to some orientation where I met Martha. Yeah. And then we went out and got drunk together at go. some bar on St. Mark's. And, you know, two weeks later, I was in her limo and like met right. you right. for the first time. Right. But like that was my passing of the baton. I didn't have family. You're so lucky that you had no, that. No, it's great. That's yeah, a great you memory. Um, all right. All right. Listen, speak of passing the baton. We're going to pass the baton to the next episode soon. This We're going to expand on New York City memories. It could be... A whole, whole season. season. It sure could be. Special guest stars. Yeah. Retrospectives. Old club curds. Yes. And get Zach to come on. But until then. Until then. We're signing off. Wish me luck on my vacation, everybody. Only the best. Hopefully I come back. Alive. Alive. All right, everyone. All right, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I heart New York. I heart New York. Bye.